Hello world, the year is 2023 and it is January. My name is Rory and I live and work in the downtown east side of Vancouver, which is located in the traditional and unceded territories of the Musqueam, Tsleil-Waututh and Squamish First Nations. I'm, relatively speaking, a newcomer, but I love this neighborhood and this community and I want to learn more about it. So I am embarking on a project to interview my friends and neighbors. In this first episode, I am talking to my friend and neighbor, Robin. Robin is a warm and creative person and a very talented musician. I hope you enjoy our conversation. Hi. Hello. Cool socks. Thanks. Like, all of his socks for Christmas? And like, most of them are really boring for people, but I got these dope flamingo ones. Yeah, they're really cool. I know. I like them. I like them too. And I like the green and the pink. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I got I got a cookie and a brownie. Wow. Um, so you get to choose which oh one gosh. you want. And Amazing. I, I copycat to. Have your you had tea. it before? Their tea? No, I've not. Okay, it's like the best. Have you sipped it yet? I love it. It's like naturally sweet. Ooh, it's nice. Yeah, I like literally. I get it too often. It's so good. Um, do you want to get started? Sure, let's cool. do it. Bring it on. Okay, let's start. In your own words, who is Robin? I knew you were going to ask me this. <laughs> <laughs> and I totally didn't prepare an answer for this question because it's mm -hmm. so yeah. weird to answer. Who is Robin? Well, we established that Robin is someone who likes flamingo socks. I do like flamingo socks. Turmeric tea. I like turmeric tea. I love peanut butter. Mm-hmm. Uh, my New Year's resolution is to buy myself flowers once a month. Um, I am creative. I love anything that is about expression, um, like music or art or thinking or dressing, like literally anything that I can do to express or do with others that is expressing both of where we're at or who we are. I think mm -hmm. that that is like what I live for. I I am from the prairies. I, I, was, like. I, I was gonna ask you that next. Where are you from? Mm -hmm. I feel like that's like something of who I am. So when you go to something and you introduce yourself, the first things we say about ourselves is like, I this is my job, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. But. I've been very aware lately that that's so not a descriptor of who anyone is and especially myself because I have one million jobs and it's just like a confusing thing to explain. Uh, but where we're from I think says a lot about us. So I am from Prairies, I'm from Saskatoon originally okay. and I moved out here about five years ago. By out here do you mean Vancouver or downtown in, east side neighborhood? Uh, I mean like Vancouver area, greater Vancouver. Uh -huh. I moved. I was first in Maple Ridge, that's where my parents are, mm -hmm. and then I moved into Vancouver and like downtown east side about a year and a half ago. year and a half. Yeah. So is that when your connection with the downtown east side started, a year and a half ago when you moved here? It started a little bit before that. Uh, I knew about the downtown east side a mm -hmm. long time ago. My aunt and uncle do work down here and 
I was very aware of it even growing up because we'd come and visit and you can't miss it. Like you just walk through or drive through Hastings. And it feels completely different from the yeah. rest of Vancouver. Yeah, it's a shocking, even when people come to visit, like I just had friends visiting and they, they're from Saskatoon and they're like, this is like nothing I've ever seen in my entire life. Like it's, yeah, it's just so different. Um, so yeah, so I was very aware of it and I, I remember being a kid and being like shocked and I mean like I think scared I think I was a little bit like yeah. whoa what's going on out there like why it can be scary yeah um so yeah so I was aware of it I guess that's like where my connection started was visiting as a kid but uh I started volunteering down here maybe two and a half three years ago during COVID okay uh there's an organization that needed volunteers to help with kids and so I started helping and then I ended up working down here, and then I moved down here. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of a slow progression of getting more and more into the downtown east side. <laughs> yeah. So you're living here now in a house called the Bird House. Yes, the Bird House. Um, uh, we're actually in the basement of the Bird House right now. We are in the Bird House. It is around us. Yes, it is around us. So yes. what, what is the Bird House as a group of people or a concept? Yes, I, oh, I like building. it as a concept. Maybe we are the birdhouse. Maybe mm -hmm. the, I don't know. <laughs> we are the building. Uh, well, I the okay. The birdhouse is a group of people that live together. Uh, everyone is connected into the community. I would say like everyone volunteers or works or has lived in the area for a long time. Like everyone has a strong connection here, and everyone wants to be here. Mm -hmm. I think that that's also important with knowing who we are. Like we want to have open doors to the community. We want to have connection. We like, we have a passion to be in the neighborhood. Um, we're also all, all of us are artists to some extent and like some more professionally and some more just as hobbies, but everyone like loves to to express themselves and is very creative so kind of a weird group of people definitely i would say like mm -hmm. yeah we love to celebrate the, the weirdness and the quirkiness in each other but that's what makes it fun to live here yeah and um your artistic creative sides have come together with the hospitality you do like house shows and yeah. lots of other things um just open doors for people, right? Totally, yeah. So this basement that we're sitting in right now <laughs> that is, like, covered in random art and tapestries. Um, yeah, we, like, once every two months-ish, we host house shows and we invite anyone. So it's, like, kind of a fun environment because we'll have people from the community, but then also people will travel in from Langley or wherever, and it's just, like, a weird mix of human beings from all places and walks of life and that's very very fun um yeah then we do like weekly evenings where we invite people into our house and people can stop by for dinner anytime they want and yeah it's, it's very like come and be and have fun <laughs> i've definitely taken advantage of that yes and I, and I love the birdhouse for that it's a good place uh yeah a group of people living together that doesn't always feel homey necessarily because sometimes it can just feel scattered but mm -hmm. it definitely feels homey like it's it's like a cozy place to be 
I would say you, your group feels more than housemates. It's almost like a family. Yeah, and I, I think that like in choosing people to live here over the last while since we've been living here, um, we've been very conscious of wanting people who want to be here and want to be more than housemates, that want to actually engage in community and be intentional and and not just hide in our room or always be out or whatever, but actually. So like we meet, we have house meetings too once a week where we gather mm -hmm. and and talk about how we're doing and what, what we're doing. Um, we're conscious of wanting to be here and, and wanting to be family. So outside of Birdhouse and in the Birdhouse do you have any memorable stories or moments that that's just come up and stuck with you? Oh man, there's so many stories. I feel like <laughs> I feel like you have a lot of stories because you you are not afraid to go out of your way and talk to people. Oh, definitely. You meet all kinds of human beings and it is fun. Uh Okay, so I I'm in the top floor of this house and my window faces the street and I am lucky enough to get to sit on my roof and I get to like perch up there and I engage and watch and sit and drink my coffee up there and it is my favorite spot to sit because people now refer to me as the roof girl and people Whoa. will yell at me from the ground and be like hey good morning and it's like the same people I see every day because I sit there most mornings uh, and they'll like yell up at me. Uh, sometimes I'll bring a guitar or ukulele up there and just play or write and people I've like serenaded people from the roof. One time at like 3.30 in the morning this girl's like play me a song and I like, <laughs> randomly did. I don't even know how she knew I played but yeah anyway. Uh, yeah I've had like all kinds of things. I started keeping track last summer of how many people were taking photos of me because people would just like stop and be like, can I take a photo? This looks crazy. So they asked you if They would. I okay. mean, some people would sneak in, but like <laughs> people would like stop and ask me and yeah, it just like really fun. And then even still like walking around, even when I'm not on there, if I'm just like walking down the street, someone will be like, oh, you're the girl who sits on the roof. Like I have like, yeah, people recognize me from the roof. You're a bit of a minor celebrity. I kind of feel like I am now, yeah. Like That's a downtown really cool. east side celebrity. <laughs> the girl on the roof. No one knows anything about me. Some people are a little nervous about it. I did have the police one time come. The police? To tell me to get off the roof. Because <laughs> someone complained. Oh, someone called the cops? Yeah, someone called the cops and said... Like, it was some lady who was walking by, and she gave me the dirtiest scowl I've ever seen. And I was like, hi, just waved at her, and then she just oh, walked dear. away. I'm sure it was her. And then, like, five minutes later, the cops showed up. And they and they had no right to tell me to not be on the roof. They were like, I, like we're this just... This is your home. Yeah, I, like, I can be there. They, they And so they were like, we know that, like, you're allowed to be up there, but someone called and was worried about you, so we're just asking you to go back in. And I'm like, okay, mm -hmm. whatever. I just didn't want to fight, so I went in, but... I feel like a different day I would have <laughs> not. But yeah, so just roof stories. I feel like there's endless, endless good moments. Yeah, and your your art also talks about your experience living in this house in this neighborhood. Yeah. Um, I really love one of your songs, again. Um, yes. Uh, I've asked you for the lyrics. I've like heard you play it like half a dozen times at least. Um, and you talk about what how it feels watching the neighborhood change around you. So how 
how has your experience living here affected your art? I, like my art is an expression of my day to day life. So that is my day to day life is the people I meet, the experiences, the situations I find myself in. Um, I would say it's the people I meet is like the biggest thing that I write about. So whether it's their story or my relationship with them or even just the like the things that I'm witnessing and maybe I didn't even meet them. I just I get to see whatever I'm seeing. Um, so yeah, the song you're talking about specifically like the systems, the gentrification of the neighborhood, my own struggle with like what am I doing here? What am I doing negatively to add to colonialism or to gentrification or what can I do to help it? But then it just feels like this like cyclical thing of like I'm a white person living in this neighborhood in a house full of predominantly white people. Like am I just another, you know, cog in the machine? But then if I so say I move out, then someone else maybe moves in with a different, you know, it's just like, so do I just leave? But then, so, like, is that even helpful? But then also I want, I don't know, it's just this. Yeah, and those are hard questions. <laughs> yes. Is there an answer in the song? There's no answer. It very much <laughs> ends. One of the lines is like, so depressing. I think it's the last line that is like, to fix the system is to lay down and die, is the line. And like, that's it. <laughs> Like, it's just to, like, die, to, like, be done, I guess. Because, like, it just feels like there's no answers. But I think within that, just asking the question is the solution, maybe. Mm -hmm. Because I don't know if there is, like, a, here's the practical solution, that's the exact right thing, we can check these boxes and this is how we can heal the downtown east side and fix all these other systemic issues that exist. When it's just so much bigger than like just this one thing or just this one thing man i wish there was you know an easy answer or yeah. you know just like an action plan one step one to step five and you're you know, done that would be easy it's not yeah, yeah it's ongoing yeah i think your art does contribute something really valuable you know to this process of reflection though mm. yeah i hope so that's like i think what I, what I would love for people to experience is to be able to sit in that uncomfortable, so that same uncomfortable feeling I felt as a nine-year-old kid walking around with my aunt and uncle and feeling uncomfortable on these streets. Like, I want that same uncomfortableness to be felt in the art, but then with that, I think even just being aware and sitting in that, yeah, it's like, it's doing something. Because mm -hmm. it's, you can't just ignore it. Um, Hopefully, maybe someone is, doesn't live here and doesn't see or experience the same things that we're experiencing all the time. Uh, but it, it can like bring a piece of that to them and just get them to ask questions. Yeah. Start conversation. So, with your art, Robin, mm -hmm. there's something really big and exciting happening soon. Yeah. What is it? Can you tell me about it? I can. Uh, <laughs> January 27th. Uh, I am releasing my debut EP, my solo EP. I've done stuff with bands before, but um, this is the first like project that I wrote and um, I'm putting out there, like just just little old me. So it's very exciting. 
That's really cool. What's the title? It's called Wasp Woman and the Haunting of Heatley. I feel like you need to explain that a little more. Yeah. <laughs> I know, it's like the wackiest, longest title. Because So all of the songs, there's five songs, and all of them are one-word titles. I don't, I don't know why, that's just kind of how it happened. And so as I was like looking at these titles, I was like, I feel like the name of this EP needs to be longer, and I kind of wanted it to be obnoxiously long. And then I was just trying to imagine what kind of imagery worked with these songs, and all of these songs um, I wrote in the neighborhood, I wrote in my room, on, on the roof, or in my room, or down here in the basement. Mm -hmm. um, and they all carry themes of uh, mental health, addiction, systemic struggles, and power struggles. There's just like a lot of these like intense themes. So I was like, okay, I want it to kind of be imagery that matches that. Because my uh, bend, when it feels vulnerable to me, is I want to make a joke of it, of it or make it really light or like not really take it seriously. But I, I just felt like it was, I needed to fight that urge to make it this like light thing. Um, I don't know, I had this image of like vintage, horror, sci-fi in my brain. And so then I was like, okay, so like that's kind of like the imagery that goes with the, the themes of these songs. And the songs themselves are all a lot of my more haunting, more melancholic, sadder, like sounding songs. They're not like these big fun full band dancey songs. Mm -hmm. And um, so then I started to do some research about old movies, old horror movies. And this one movie that kept popping up was this movie called The Wasp Woman. And it is known as like one of the worst horror movies ever made. Like has terrible, terrible <laughs> reviews. And I was like, okay, that's interesting. And then I was looking at the imagery of it and it's just this bad costume of this, like this woman wearing a wasp mask and fur. And it's just like bad. Like it just doesn't even look good. I ended up watching the movie and it's, I mean, it wasn't terrible, but definitely wasn't a great movie. Um, and so I researched the story of it and kind of just like Wikipedia'd it. And yeah, the story was drew me in. It's about this woman who's obsessed with beauty, ends up taking this wasp serum to help her with this her aging problem. And then through that serum, she gets transformed into this murderous wasp who then attacks and kills everyone she knows and loves. And then in the end, the person who ended, like there was this doctor who created the serum for her. That doctor ends up killing her as to save everyone. Um, and it's this like tragic story. Dark. It's very dark. <laughs> and I was like, okay, kind of fits. Yeah, it's like pretty, yeah, it's pretty sad. And so I was very inspired by that. And I wanted to write a short story, kind of this like conceptual idea that went along with the EP. And I could tie all these themes together. So. I, rewrote the story, kind of made it my own, mm -hmm. um, and then in coming up with the title, I was like, okay, I want to keep Wasp Woman, because that's still like the theme, and I'm borrowing the story. Uh, so it's Wasp Woman and the Haunting of Heatley, and the haunting is this idea of like all of these struggles, and also just the sounds of the songs sound very haunting, um, and then Haunting of Heatley, Heatley is the street I live on. 
don't stalk me if anyone's listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, but also, I named the doctor Dr. Heatley in the short story. So, oh. to bring that in. And so, okay. Dr. Heatley in my story of the rework that I did represents the community uh, around someone struggling. So. so, who is the wasp woman? The wasp woman. Is that you? It's me or anyone, I think. Like, mm-hmm. it's. Like, I was writing it with me in mind, for sure, of, like, my own struggles with mental health, and... So, like, throughout the story, the very thing she's most afraid of is this, like, being ugly and aging. Uh, she then's taking the serum, which turns her into this, like, ugly, gross wasp, which is, so she becomes the very thing she's most afraid of in it. And then in the end, of my version of it, she ends up seeing when she's turned into the wasp she sees herself in the glasses the reflection of herself in the glasses of the doctor and then without him even doing anything she actually jumps out the window and kills herself because she's so afraid of the possible rejection or what could happen with it and so it's like i shifted it a bit still definitely a tragedy but it was definitely based more on my own story of like my fear of if i let people into my own struggles like then I'll just be rejected. Uh, but it could be anyone also. Like, there's so many, yeah, so many themes that I, I hope that people can, like, see themselves in some point of the story. Everyone wants to be liked and loved, and it's so scary to open up, you know, the darkest sides of yourself. Totally. And n- not being completely certain how people will react to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, you, you never know. And I mean, like, I feel like, for the most part, people generally react good, mm-hmm. but it's just hard to get over that, like, that lump of, yeah, like, will people actually accept this? I don't know. Is your story readable anywhere? Is it on the internet? It will be. I'm will in the, be. Yeah, in the process of, like, slowly releasing all the info about the EP as I'm leading up to the release next week, um, and so the story will be posted. And it's also, we turned it into a short film, so that will also be available to watch. That's amazing. The film is, like, kind of funny, but it's great still. Mm-hmm. We did it, like, yeah, it, we worked really hard on it. My friend Stevie helped create it. and Yeah, so that'll. So we're having a release party next week, and I'll make everyone watch it who comes to the party. And, and then I'll post it online, too. But Where online will we be able to find? You can see it on YouTube or on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Yeah, two main spots. What was the writing process for these five songs like for you? And what was the recording process like? Was it like done in, you know, like a day or two or did you really mull on it and work on them for a long time before being satisfied? Yeah, I feel like every one of the songs is a completely different story of how it came together. Um, So four of them are recorded in studio with a friend of mine, uh, Cole, with Half Light Records. So he helped me create the soundscape side of them. I'd already written all like the melodies and the lyrics and then I offered them to him and said, do something with this. And I had some like ideas of what I wanted with it. And so he came back with the like, kind of the, the basis of what it sounds like around just my main lines and melodies that I'd given him. So that's kind of where that ended up. And then there was one song that I actually just recorded at Oppenheimer Park on the piano there. 
cool. Yeah, so a live just live recording. Literally live, used my iPhone uh, speaker, just put it on the piano and recorded it. So there's that on there as well, which is mm -hmm. kind of kind of fun. You can hear a lot of like background noise uh, going on too. It was a quiet day at the park. I think it was raining or something, so there wasn't a lot of people, but definitely a lot of traffic. There's all of those five songs. I would say like the one that I recorded live on the piano in the park, that one um, I wrote in the night. It's about um, my struggle with like food, I guess, with like eating disorder, with knowing my worth. Um, it's called turtleneck. It's like the idea of hiding behind a turtleneck and like, covering your face with it. And so that one I just kind of like whipped out of nowhere one night. This was, yeah, a while ago. Um, and I just felt like that one like needed to be on this record. I just wanted it to be simple. I wanted it to be like as simple as possible because I think that added to the song. And I just wanted piano and something about doing it live and outside felt really important. Um, and then, yeah, the other ones, I would say the other ones were longer to write. Uh, in the last few years, my writing process has shifted a lot. I used to just write lyrics and melodies together as I went, but I've started just collecting lyrics as I live life in a notebook or on my phone or wherever. Um, and then when I really like see a lot of lyrics I like together or just really want to write or just have like set aside time for writing, I can bring out those lyrics and then I turn it into something. And so I, all of those other four songs were created that way, whereas like I already had basis of lyrics. And so they, they took longer, I'd say, because of that, that like I had to craft the lyrics together and then slowly added melodies or guitar lines with it. Um, and they, a lot of them shifted multiple times with like how it sounds and um, even like Flies, the first song. I was listening to some voice memos I had before, and I had written all the lyrics out, but I had a completely different melody and everything for it. Like, it was like a very different song that I did a while ago. And then I reworked it in the summer, and I was like, oh, okay, like, yeah, just so different. Um, and that just was created because I was using my loop pedal and playing around, and then I, just, something just popped out of, out of that, but. Um, yeah, they all kind of have been a slower process with other ones. Hearing you talk about this EP, I'm getting the vibe that it's it's really grounded and thoughtful, but also romantic in some way. Hmm. And I obviously haven't heard it. I'm really looking to hearing it. Yeah. Um, if someone were to look for it, where can we find your EP? Yeah, well, you can find it uh, on any streaming service or on YouTube if you don't. Uh, subscribe to the streaming world or on Bandcamp if you want to support artists even more and um, yeah so it's it's available literally it will be available literally everywhere and anywhere okay do you have any upcoming live shows and where can people find updates about when you're performing where and also just your social media presence yeah Instagram is the best way to follow me. I do post on Facebook. I have like a page on there sometimes though, but rarely I forget about it. But yeah, Instagram is like best way to follow me to find out where I'm at and where I'm going and what I'm doing. So that's at Robs underscore me, R-O-B-B-S. 
so you can follow me there. And then I have like a few upcoming gigs. I have one tomorrow, actually. <laughs> um, Let's see I, if I can edit this yeah. quick enough and <laughs> so put it out quick. in the world. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't have anything like major, um, just because I knew that the release of this was gonna be kind of all-encompassing. So I didn't want to like book any big, big gigs in the next month. But follow me on Instagram. Best way to find out when I play. Yes, your Instagram is very fun to scroll through. <laughs> very <laughs> I can random. Confirm that. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's all the questions I have today. Cool. Thanks so much to be my first interviewee. Ooh, yeah, of course. It was great. Thank you for interviewing me. Thank you for listening. Follow Robin on Instagram at robs underscore me. That is R-O-B-B-S underscore M-E. Her new EP, Was Woman and the Haunting of Heatley, will be available on all streaming platforms on January 27th. Take care of each other, and until next time.